This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. I have a friend that said if you want to destroy a generation, convince them that they came from nothing. They are worth nothing more than themselves. And they are going nowhere. And if you look around, the negative impact of that is visible in the world that we live in. But a few weeks ago, a little college in Kentucky, a small town, I mean, we're familiar with a college like this. This is frightful. The assistant soccer coach preached a message. And he texted his wife after he was done. and said, man, I blew that one. As a matter of fact, I think what he said was, I whiffed. If you watch the message, it's nothing special. I mean, as a matter of fact, as a staff, we would probably be like, hey, we need to talk about that message. (laughs) We did something that literally rewrote history. He said, if you're hungry for God, don't have anything to do today until I have a coffee later on today. If you'll stick around, I'll pray with you. And about 15 kids did. Before long, it was about 150 kids. And by that night, it was about 1,500 kids. Went on for weeks drew the attention of every major media outlet. And they never once had a big-name speaker or a big-name worship leader. What they did is what we're going to do tonight. They let their kids, their students, minister. Night, we have four college-aged kids that are part of our church. Three of them are on staff. And I've invited them to come and read Scripture and share. And then we're going to pray together. Because this, this is remarkable. This did not just happen. At Asbury. It has since it's happened at Ivy League schools. Happened at my alma mater. It's been utterly and completely remarkable. So tonight, 
I'm going to invite a few of my friends. And here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have open hearts to receive what God wants to give us tonight. I've told each of them that I believe God has deposited something in their hearts. And the first is going to be Haley Myers. Haley serves on staff with us. She's our director of creative arts or whatever you want to call her. She's amazing. Haley, where are you at? So come on up. So I'm reading out of Matthew 5. If y'all want to pull up your Bible apps or get out your Bible, um, let me get to it real quick. So I'm reading out of Matthew 5, verse 1 through 11. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for those who will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say false and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So when I was told that I was going to read this scripture, I pull it up, and the first thing that I notice is the Beatitudes. I'm like, is that like a band or something? Like, what does that even mean? So <laughs> I look it up, and what it means is a supreme blessing. And a blessing can only be deposited by God. So I'm reading, and verse 6 stands out to me. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And immediately I think of Asbury. And Asbury doesn't really surprise me, because as young people, I believe that we've been starved of authenticity. And authenticity is only found in God. And we hunger and we ache for it. And so eventually we can only go to the source. There's no other, word, other place to go than the source, which is God. Then I'm, I'm reading, and verses 10 and 11 stand out to me. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So something that I have been working on is becoming the person that God made me to be and nobody else. Being authentically the person that God created me to be. And this is, this is difficult for me um, because I didn't want to be rejected by anyone. But I want to tell you that when you're living as the person that God created you to be, you don't want to be accepted by those people anyways. If you're going to be rejected by those people for being the person that God created you to be, you don't need to be accepted by them anyways because you're accepted by Him, the one who really matters, the one who created you. Now, I want to tell you, I want to ask you, how hungry are you today? Do you ache in your bones for God? Are you thirsty for the, the holy water that he can pour into you? 
Are you hungry for the authenticity that only he can provide? And I just want you to think about that throughout this week. Thank you, guys. Next, I've, I've invited Zach Harwood. Um, Zach has big hair and, <laughs> and serves. Started as an intern, um, has grown in a lot of different ways, and is now leading our middle school ministry. Um, so, Zach, it's your turn. So the verses that I was given to read for y'all come from uh, Mark chapter 10. And if y'all aren't able to read it on the screen, I really would like y'all to get your phones out or your Bibles out and read them with me. And that's Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads, and blessed them. And, you know, with the first place that my head went to when I read that was student ministry, because that's over the past year, that's where I've been helping lead at, and that's where I've, you know, spent a lot of my time. And... You know, this verse is reassuring for me because it tells me about the importance of helping children and students grow in their faith. And I'm super thankful for the opportunity, and I feel super blessed to have been able to do that and be doing that. But I also feel challenged by what I read because I'm in this stage of life where I'm, you know, growing up and trying to learn what it means to be an adult. And I tend to get caught up in, you know, some of those things that children don't really get caught up with like I I don't um uh, I worry about money and trying to save up for the future I worry really worry about what I'm supposed to be doing in the future and even here at church I can get caught up in the busyness and all the moving parts of everything that I'm involved with and that's evident me getting caught up in stuff like that from where my head went when I read this first because when I read it I went straight to the work aspect of it and I didn't hear what Jesus' truth was in that. And, I, and that's because I have been getting caught up and gear myself to think towards work over the past few years. So what I got from the verse is that I need to just slow down and see the world in a way that, you know, a child or a kid might see things. You know, a child doesn't have to go home and worry about paying bills and worrying about whether or not they're going to have power at night because their parents take care of that. Um, you know, a child doesn't worry about whether or not they're going to be able to eat at night because that's something their parents take care of. And when I get worried about what's happening around me and the things that I'm, you know, going through and get caught up in, I need to just take a second, stop, and trust that God has me covered. And looking at, I think that looking at life this way is important because, you know, it allows me to see what God is doing for me and in me. And I might not, you know, see God directly, you know, fixing me supper or driving me to work or anything like that. But when I've got faith that he is taking care of me, then I'm able to find peace in him. 
So when it comes to faith, I think that, you know, it's, it's really, we need to be more like a child. I need to be more like a child. Everyone should be more like a child. That's what Jesus himself said in the scripture I just read for y'all. So even when life, you know, can get busy, I think it's such a good reminder that, you know, we are welcomed with open arms to the Lord when we come to him like a child. Thank you. I'm going to invite one of our favorite people. Uh, she serves in our kids' ministry. You come on up here, Kenise. <laughs> she also is a um, student at Pfeiffer. Oh, no, and, we can tell by the church. Yeah, we can tell. And, um, and student government president. Yeah. yeah. And one of the most entertaining people that right. you will ever be around, period. Period. Would recommend. Would recommend. So I invited Kenise to read and to share with us tonight. When I get excited, I talk really fast, but Kira's been coaching me to talk slow, so that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to be reading from John 15, verses 1 through 17, and it reads... I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No, no branch can bear fruit by itself, and must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you, may, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, has no one than this to lay down one's life for his for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So when I was reading this, the first thing that popped out was like the word abide. And we see in John 15, 5, it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So without God, I'm nothing. The, the message is basically saying that Jesus is the vine and I'm the branch. The branch can't bring forth fruit without his vine. If we are not abiding in Christ, then there's no fruit that we can produce. To lower comprehended for those like me who had to read it 10 times, a vine is basically your root. And God is the root. So if we're not rooted in Christ, then what fruit are we producing? Something that shouldn't be there. <laughs> so when we abide in him, we also get to abide in his love. 
not only does like the Father love us unconditionally, but we can like show that love of God to others to glorify him. Keeping his word allows us to receive the fullness of his, of his blessing that he desires for us to have. In Jeremiah, he tells us that his plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. So when we abide with him, all we can do is prosper. He knew us from the beginning. He knew who we were. He knew what we were going to be. He knew what we were capable of. And he chooses us. In John 15, verse 15 to 16, he basically says that we are his friends because we have kept his commandments. And that he does not choose us. No, he chooses us. We do not choose him. Sorry. And I think it's just really encouraging and humbling to know that no matter you know, how much we mess up or if we're having a good day, we're doing everything right or having a bad day and we're just making decisions that's just like not the best, that no matter what, God still loves us and he continues to choose us every single day. So when we, walk, when we ask for his love to abide in us, the Savior is abiding in us as well. So he is with us as a friend, as an encourager. He gives us strength when we need it, someone to lean on. In Nehemiah, it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So I encourage you to invite Christ into your life for the remaining of the week. No matter your plans, no matter what you have, set yourself up to prosper by abiding in him. Thank you. And lastly, I want to invite our student pastor, Maddie Brown. I am going to be reading from Psalms, Psalm chapter 34. It's the whole chapter, so read along with me or you will get lost. Um, so to start off, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his, go his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them are broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. It's a lot. <laughs>
But I do feel like as I've read that so many times over the past couple days, I've sensed God leading me to read verse 18 again. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And I believe there are people in this room tonight that feel that. That are here that feel crushed. That feel broken. But I want to, this promise, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's a promise for you today, tomorrow, the rest of your lives. And that's the encouragement, but... I believe that Jesus can rescue us, but we have a part in it. As you read this, this psalm, there was a lot of eyes in it. I will praise, I will boast in my desperation. It takes a part of us to heal yourself. God can save you. He can heal you, but are you going to live in the brokenness? Are you going to live in the crushed spirit? But I want to encourage you, you don't have to. There are promises in the psalm that lead you to healing, that lead you to freedom. And so tonight, I want to, this word desperate, being desperate, comes to mind. In verse 6, it says, in my desperation, I prayed And the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles. It takes us being desperate for God. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you desperate for God? Are you desperate for God to heal? Are you desperate for God to heal your kids or to save your kids? Are you desperate for God to move in this world, move in your life? Maybe you're here and you feel like there's no hope, but God can heal you. But are you desperate? It takes us being desperate. And I think if we're honest, we've got way too comfortable of looking at the world, looking at our lives, and seeing the goodness of God, but not being a part of it. We see what's going on in Asbury, but are we being a part of it? And it says in the psalm, taste and see that the Lord is good. What comes first? You taste. And I know all y'all like hamburgers in here, right? Amen. You don't just get it, order a hamburger at a restaurant or cook a hamburger and just look at it. I'm like, man, that's so good. There is a difference in just looking at something and tasting it. You get all the goodness of it when you consume it. And it's not just putting it in your mouth. It's digesting it. And that's what tonight, you might be here and you, you felt like you got a word from God, but what is it good if you just get it here and not do anything tomorrow? Taste it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, I believe we all have a choice. We have a choice to see the goodness of God in our lives, personally, in the world. 
and we have a choice to taste the goodness of God. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? Because I believe that this is why this moment is so important, because there's another verse in the psalm that says, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. That is why we have tonight to come together as believers, to come together and proclaim God's name because he is greater. He is greater than what's in the world. He's greater than your brokenness in your heart. He is greater. But you have a part. So tonight, I want this to be a start of being desperate for God. Maybe you've never tasted. You've, you've seen it but it's never gotten your heart. So what are you going to be desperate for? What are you going to taste? What are you going to consume? Because I believe God has so much for you in this moment. Thank you. The invitation. If you want to Stay after chapel. I'll hang around and pray with you. And a few kids. Yeah. I want more. I'm hungry. And then a few more kids. Yeah, I'm hungry. And then thousands of people. All because there were a few that were hungry. What I'm going to say, if you'll, if you'll hear this, it'll mess you up in a good way. When you're hungry, everything tastes good. So when we walk out of a church service and say, I didn't get anything out of that message. What are we saying about ourselves? I didn't really like worship today. Well, that's good. We weren't worshiping you. When you're hungry, everything tastes good. If you want to change where you are in your spiritual life, the first thing that's got to change is how hungry you are. Think about what we, what we heard tonight. Haley. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Zach, the kingdom of God must be received like a little child. Canice, I am the vine. You are the branch. Remain in me. And then Maddie, taste and see. That's why we have tonight.
Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.